Great stories, great reads, great audiobooks. Visit tomcransbooks.com for unique and compelling stories in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. That's Tom Cranz Books. T-O-M-K-R-A-N-Z books.com. You deserve a great escape. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Independent Author Podcast. I'm Tom Kranz. Today, my guest is Larry Jorgensen. Larry is the author of a book that, um, you know, in the independent author self-publishing world is kind of heroic. He has sold thousands of copies of his first book entitled The Coca-Cola Trail, People and Places in the History of Coca-Cola. And he's come out with a sequel, I'm guessing, because the first one was so popular and so packed with information. He found uh, enough information and memorabilia to fill another 200-page book called Return to the Coca-Cola Trail. Larry, how are you doing today? We are doing good, and uh, fortunately, it's uh, a beautiful day down here on Louisiana. Cool. Yeah, well, here in New Jersey, it's hot and it's humid like it's been for the entire month of July, so thank God for air conditioning. Um, I I guess... um, just judging by the title, uh, you, you've written about one of probably the top five brands in the nation, if not the world, certainly recognizable for, what, th- two, three generations right now. How did you get interested in following Coca-Cola, first of all? You know, Tom, I never realized the magic of Coca-Cola. And it was not when I got into this, I thought, well, this is an interesting thing I'll do I was going to do a freelance travel feature because not too far from me is Vicksburg, Mississippi, where Coca-Cola was first modeled. And they have a little museum over there that's a restoration of the place where Coca-Cola was first bottled. And then not too far from there, Monroe, Louisiana, about 70 miles away, there is a Coca-Cola museum, the Biedenharn Coca-Cola Museum, which is about the people that first bottled Coca-Cola. So I thought this is a great travel story, and I'm gonna I'm gonna freelance it. Well, I got into it and I realized the story, in fact, is all over the country. It's these families that got involved when people were saying, What is Coca-Cola? And uh, took the took the gamble, took the adventure, is what I call it. And really, I think it's the independent bottler who invested time and money that was very influential in creating what we now call the Coca-Cola International Empire. So your book is not particularly about Coke as a corporation. Your book is more about, I guess, the grassroots, the grassroots beginnings of the beverage, right? Absolutely. In fact, I tried to stay away from Coca-Cola corporate archives and everything else because I wanted to talk to the people that were really out there in the trenches, so to speak, making it happen. And, you know, it's ironic, Tom, uh, we talk about it being bottled first in in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Um, It was five years later when Coca-Cola finally said, yeah, go ahead and bottle it if you want. But we think bottling is a really dumb idea. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know. You yeah, know? famous last words, huh? Right. So how did that work? So 
did the same formula for the beverage just get passed around to all these communities? Well, yeah, what happened, um, there were two uh, attorneys from Chattanooga who thought, you know, bottling Coca-Cola is a good idea. And they went to Atlanta, met with Asa Candler, who at that time was making the Coca-Cola syrup. And after two days of negotiating, they finally convinced him that they could get the rights to bottle Coca-Cola. Uh, and he, he sold them the rights for the entire country, except Mississippi, where he knew that uh, Biedenhorn was already doing it. Hmm. He sold them the rights to bottle throughout the United States for a dollar. And, he, and they say he never collected the dollar. And it, when he sent them back to Chattanooga, he said, this is a dumb idea. Bottling is a backstreet operation. And if this doesn't work, don't come crying back to me about it. Wow. <laughs> well, you get these two guys from Chattanooga, you know, they go back and they realize they're supposed to bottle Coca-Cola for the United States. Well, between the two of them, they've got $1,500. Hmm. You know, how are we going to do this? Well, you know, the old light went on and franchising was born. Wow. He said, we've got the territory. Let's start selling pieces of the pie. Well, the obligation to answer the question about the flavor, when you bought a territory, 50-mile territory in Paducah, Kentucky, you also were required to buy the Coca-Cola syrup. And for every gallon you bought, the guys that sold you the territory also made a commission on the Coca-Cola syrup. So they sold you the territory. You're bottling Coca-Cola using the Coca-Cola syrup so the flavor is uniform, and yet they're still getting a commission on everything you're doing. Pretty sure. Simple. Wow, brilliant. So your book looks at, uh, give me an example of like, if you drop, uh, just open the page and kind of flip through it. We see pictures of the plants. We see pictures and stories about the stores where it was, where it was sold. Yeah, what we've tried to do with the book, Tom, it's, it's a travel guide and history. It, you can pick it up and you can say, gee, I want to go see this. And you might find an old Coca-Cola plant that's now a museum or in fact, Maybe it's a brew pub or a restaurant. Uh, there's one in Griffin, Georgia, that's a little mini boutique. So we tell you, here's where you can go and see something that is Coca-Cola history. And while you're looking at it, here's why it was Coca-Cola history. Here's what happened in 1905 that created this whole thing in this community. And so it's a travel guide, and it's also history of what you're looking at. Wow. Sounds great. Um, so the, the question that always comes up, uh, you know, when we talk about Coke, uh, is it true that they use cocaine in the earliest formula of Coca-Cola? Well, the early formula of Coca-Cola, because, uh, you know, Pemberton, who invented it, he was a he was uh, wounded in the uh, in the Civil War. And uh, so he was trying to get some relief for his pain. And to answer your question, the formula he came up with used the coca leaf and the cola nut. Now, the leaf was used in a different formulation than is used to make cocaine. I see. However, I guess in the early years, there was enough of a similarity that it was uh, detectable in the coke. 
And finally, after you know several years, a couple decades of people, it's got Coca Cola. It's got cocaine in my Coca Cola. He went to great expense and hired you know chemists or whatever to make sure there was no trace of of coke of cocaine or the coca leaf in the Coca-Cola formula. So there is nothing there now. There was a slight trace probably the first 15, 20 years that uh, Coca-Cola was being made, but it was it was not, you know, when they make cocaine, and I, I don't make it, but as I understand, it's a whole different process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think people had this idea that they were, you know, that the early recipe poured like white powdered cocaine in there. But I understand that the, he, he, and I had heard this before, that the coca leaf was actually part of the process. It wasn't necessarily, you know, a, a way to narcoticize a soft drink. How many copies of your books have you sold so far? We're approaching 9,000 on the first one. Yikes, uh, man. That's that's really and, awesome. And you know what's happened? Uh, the the books are sold a lot in places that's memorabilia, country stores. You go into a country store, and if there's a Coca-Cola sign hanging on the wall, they're probably selling my book. Um, I there's and another example um, up in, along Highway 66, the old 50s highway. You know, yeah. A fella called me up last week. He's got a place called uh, the the Soda Pop Ranch. He's in Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. he's bought from me before. He said, hey, we're back at business. Things are rolling. You know, the COVID is over. Uh, send me 40 books. I said, thank you, thank you, thank you. I said, you, <laughs> just, you just got 32 in January. He says, I know. I'm down to two. Send me some more. Gee whiz, that's amazing. So do you do everything yourself, Larry? I am it, man. I am the the uh, the, the author, the the publisher, the shipping department, the marketing department, you know, uh, you, you name it, it's me. Well, I admire you for that. So you have a stack of these books in your living room at all times, I'm guessing, right? Well, actually, I've got a, a, a back bedroom that is now the shipping department <laughs> that has both books and uh, has a good supply of different types of um, boxes to ship them in. We, we, you know, we buy we buy the boxes for a box company. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to have a great printer who understands my craziness. And I get a, a decent price uh, on the books from the printer uh, for others that are, um, you know, thinking about self-publishing. Sure. The only thing I can say is be careful. There's a lot of people that will tell you they're publishers and really all they're doing is getting the books printed for you and charging you an extra fee to do that for you. They, they do very little to uh, get your book in the marketplace. You got to do it. You got to go sell it. Nobody knows your product better than you. Sure. Exactly. Well, um, I am really impressed with everything you've told me uh, during this interview here. Where is the best place for somebody out there to buy the book? My website. Okay. Coca-ColaTrail.com. Coca-ColaTrail.com. And and if they if they if they really want me to sign it and put their name in there, I'll even sign it and send it to them. So sweet. All right, great. And it's the Coca Cola Trail, people and places in the history of Coca Cola, and its little brother return to the Coca Cola Trail, more people and places. So two books here filled with Coca Cola history and memorabilia. 
Uh, Larry, I, I want to call you Mr. Coke, but I don't want to violate the trademark. So I'll just call you Larry and, uh, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really glad to, to, to tell people about your books, although I don't think you need much help from me. It sounds like you're doing great. Well, we've enjoyed it. It's, it's been a great experience and, uh, it, it's taken me off to meet a lot of wonderful people who are, you know, families of bottlers and so forth. There's great people out there in Coca-Cola. Absolutely. All right, Larry Jorgensen, thank you so much for being with me, and uh, good luck. Thank you, Tom.